he fell into wind stance and practiced a few of the swings that Ivis had taught them. Nearby, a group of light-eyed men nudged one another, nodding towards him. One said something soft, making the others laugh, though several others continued frowning. The image of a dark-eyed man with even a practiced shard blade was not something they found amusing. This is my right, Kaladin thought, swinging, ignoring them. I defeated a shard bear. I belong here. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book two, Words of Radiance. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapter 44, One Form of Justice. Um, if you are behind in your reading and you need to catch up, make sure that you pause right now before you get uh, uh, spoiled. Um, go back and read and come back and find us. We're always here waiting for you. Um, if you have picked the wrong episode by accident, that uh, maybe might mean that you are all thumbs like I am and you just clicked on the wrong thing. So go make sure you find the right one. Um, if you're exactly where you're supposed to be, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he just got sent to the dungeons to die. It's Silversmith Jack. What's up, dude? Hello, hello. Oh, I um, forgot you were down there. I sent you to die down. in the dungeons. I sent you there because we were going to do a trial. I sent you there, and I kind of forgot you were down there. Sorry. <laughs> listen, listen, punk. Listen, you, you punk king. <laughs> I've had enough of you. In fact, I've had, I've had so much enough that i may even decide to cut a balcony or two yeah you get listen i <laughs> can do the cutting of straps on saddles you can do the cutting of rails yeah. how about that well listen i think i may deserve a uh a nod to my prediction okay let's let's talk about it well just a little bit about moash like mm -hmm. i don't think i knew I certainly didn't know about his background until right. reading this, this chapter. So I didn't know about that. So motive, mm -hmm. no idea about motive, but you know, um, the capacity, I think for him to be a little unglued and willing to do what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think I picked that up along the way. Yeah. And I mean, I, th I think know? that, uh, Sanderson kind of made it clear, especially the, in this book that, Moash mm. was somehow yeah. involved when Cal started putting the pieces together about the shard yeah. blade and all that stuff, right? Yeah, so totally. There's clearly way more to the conversation um, that um, Cal and Moash is going to have to have in the future whenever they have this meeting. Yeah. But um, yeah, and Syl's yeah. reaction to this is really neat. Yeah, she does not. She's like, like this, eh? no, no. It makes uh, she's very unsettled, which I, I love a lot, and um. I, I'm conflicted even as a as a first time reader as mm -hmm. to whether Kaladin has made the right decision here or not. Right. Well, like, you've been worried. You've been worried that Cal's going to make the wrong decisions and go down a right. darker path here. R right. right. That's true. But I not that I 
<laughs> I don't really want it to happen. No, no, Not no. You're really. just thinking that it looks like it's developing, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and of course, you know, especially if if Kaladin, if Moash, let's say, preys upon the sensibilities that Kaladin has had, mm-hmm. and in many ways has encouraged in Bridge Four, mm-hmm. like he's. Like having the opinions against the light eyes, sharing some of his, of Kaladin's own personal experiences. He's right. done that with these men. Mm-hmm. He so has. he, he has, he has cultivated in them this opinion about the light eyes, that there are no good light eyes. Yep. He's, he's kind of cultivated that. So right. he almost takes a, should take a little bit of responsibility when some of them like Moash might lash out, especially given your, your background. Right. Um, so the only thing that might save Kaladin from this in terms of not going to Dalinar first is that um, Kaladin can say, you know, look, I was treating this as an investigation. Right. And he says like, that. I, 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 I think he, he says that say to that. Syl, right? Yeah, he says that to Syl. So here's, so here's what I, but so here's, so here's what I, what, here's my thought. Okay. Give it. Should he have told Dalinar anyway and said, I'm treating this as an investigation. Right. Bring Dalinar in and say, I am going to play, you know, double agent here, if you will. Right. With Moash, claiming that I'm curious. Find out who's really behind this, because it seems like Moash has been roped in. Because Moash even says, like, this wasn't my idea. I I mean, I mean... Basically, if you're in charge of protecting this king, you've taken on that responsibility Mm -hmm. and you've, you've, it's your honor to Dalinar, to the king. So what Kaladin should do, what I think he should, what I think he he should have done is go to Dalinar, tell him that he's going to investigate this. He's going to treat this as a, as a double agent sort of thing to bring Mm -hmm. out the real perpetrator and then get that real perpetrator. And in addition to that. He would have to get rid of Moash. Right. And I think Moash that's why he doesn't do it. would have to be dismissed. That's why he doesn't do it, right? Is that if he goes right. to Dalinar, then he exposes Moash and he's like, maybe, you know, maybe I can convince Moash to forget this because he is my friend. You know, we, we he's said it many times, yeah. you know, the men worship him, but he's got a real friend in Moash. Moash and him like mm-hmm. are like brothers, like they're, they're friends, right? They, yeah. he, Moash doesn't look up to him, doesn't revere him. And he likes that. He likes that. He's got a buddy right. who, right. you know, treats him like a friend, ribs him mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. keeps him in check. Yep. So yep. I think truth for me, I think this is the right, the right path for Cal. Don't tell Dalinar yet. Take okay. it upon yourself. You're the captain of bridge four. Mm-hmm. You will, we'll handle this internally kind of thing. Right. So I like it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I can agree with you there that, that if, if you treat yourselves as bridge four first, mm-hmm. then, then this is the right way to do it. Well, Moash incites but, that, right? He's like, we're bridge four. Yeah, we're like, bridge four. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to do that to a, a buddy of bridge four. Right. Cause he says, I should go to Dalinar yeah. right away. Are I know. But, do that but to me, I'm bridge yeah, four. Yeah. But the way he said that kind mm. of bugged me because it seemed like now you're taking advantage of Kaladin's A little loyalty. bit. It, it, it drips of that slightly, right? Yeah, it does. Because yeah. then it means, well, I can do whatever I want and you'll just have to protect me because yeah. I'm bridge. That doesn't, no, that's, no. I think, I think what Kaladin needs to do so that the, his crew doesn't end up like just being a, you know, vengeful or revengeful group yeah. against light eyes that have betrayed or against anyone who've slighted them. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause when, when, when you train people and you give them power with weapons, opportunity, this sort of thing, 
Well, they just, they just might use it. Right. Right. So great power. You know, comes this yeah, thing about all that stuff. Yeah. Bump, yeah. All, all the power. Yeah. All well, let's get to it. Let's, the, let's, uh, let's, yeah. you know, this is a nice little overview. We should do okay. this more often whenever we, we overview. start an episode. Um, one form of justice is the, ti- okay, yeah, great title for this chapter. Mm-hmm. But the little opening here, again, from the words of Radiance. Yeah, the epigraph. But the epigraph, yeah. So as, but as for the bondsmiths, they had members only three, which number was not uncommon for them, nor did they seek to increase this by great bounds for during the times of Madassa, one only of their order was in continual accompaniment of Urethiro and its thrones. Their spren was understood to be specific and to persuade them to grow to the magnitude of the other orders was seen as seditious. Mm-hmm. So, so purposefully being few. Right. These bondsmiths. Right. Numbered, n- numbered three, not uncommon for them to be three. Right. What does that mean? Or, that, or that they, not that uncommon there, that for them to be, more? to be like uh, such a low number of members, right? Low number, right? Yeah. So, so low number, which there were three, only one of them had continual accompaniment of Urethiru and, and its thrones. I like knowing that because Urethiru, we don't really know too much. Now no. it appears that thrones, so yeah. multiple so kingdoms multiple, within Urethiru. Yeah, multiple kings were in Urethiru. So that's, or, that, uh, yeah, what does that mean, right? What does that mean? And what so does it they, mean for a bondsmith to be accompanied, continual accompaniment of Urethiru? What does that mean? Like, does that mean that there know. always has to be a bondsmith in Urethiru? Does it mean that, like, who knows, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and I like and, their spren was understood to be specific. I wonder what that mm-hmm. means too. Mm-hmm. Specific. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that's really, really cryptic, but again, just great. It expands on things. And, uh, and I like, uh, I do like that. The, uh, the coupling there, bondsmith. Yeah. I like it's that. It's neat, eh? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, Kaladin, um, one little, sorry, one little side, um, early info dump. Um, I searched what Madassa was. Yes. Because yeah, I couldn't the really remember. Yeah, the times of Madassa. And yeah. uh, it, Madassa only appears one time in all four books, and it's in this epigraph. Right here? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, so uh, maybe a little bit of a spoiler for you, but um, the mystery of Madassa continues, which is kind of cool. Backwards, it's Asadam. Yeah, it's almost... Mm. It's a, it's close to, uh, s- yeah, symmetrical a little it's bit because there's a lot of symmetrical. A's, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I thought that was okay. really interesting. Okay. Kaladin is, uh, feeling uncomfortably <laughs> conspicuous when yeah. visiting Dalinar's light-eyed training grounds. So he's going to the training grounds. Yeah. I love these chapters on the training grounds. Me too. I just loved, I've loved every one of them. Mm-hmm. And this is another really great one. Specifically this yeah. one, because we have. A lot of our main characters all in the same place at the same time. I know. Right? We get the red hair. Well, we get all the greats back yeah. on, 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 in this. So we get, we get, uh, um, Teft and Moash and, yeah. um, you've got Dalinar, uh, sorry, not Dalinar, but you've no, got, but um, uh, Adeline. Kaladin. And then of course you get the, the brothers, the, the print, the princes are there. Yeah. So, yeah, Zale. and then you add Shallan at the end. You got yeah, Shallan. Yeah. So. It's just like whoa, the the uh, yeah. There's a lot of people the here. Band, the band's getting yeah. together for the yeah, first the, time. Is this when the band forms? <laughs> is this that scene in the beach house when the doors get together and they're like, "Hey, yeah. let's be there." There you go. So 
Delaner had mandated that the soldiers wear their uniforms during duty hours. Kaladin is wearing his own, his blue uniform. Um, but theirs, these light eyes, theirs were a bit more lavish with mm-hmm. gemstones set in the buttons, bright uh, buttons up the sides, embroidery, colorful scarves were added. Mm-hmm. So I, I just kind of wanted to point that out because it's just, it's different than the plain uniform that Kaladin, I guess, would prefer. And he's just yeah. again noticing those little differences between right. a dark-eyed man who's been given this wonderful opportunity mm-hmm. and the light eyes that are still looking at him with scowls and derision and right. I don't trust you. And Yeah, these light eyes are following these- the codes, but they're following the codes with... A little flair, you know what I mean? Adeline's, Adeline's sensibilities? Right, because Dalinar's <laughs> plate, when he had it, was yeah. plain slate gray, no baubles, yeah. no accompaniment, no, right. no paint. no baubles. And Adeline, yeah. it, his was painted blue with all kinds of nice little dangly yeah. uh, charm bracelets on it and stuff. And Yeah, Sadius was very fancy too, right, all the adornments. Right, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even though Dalinar's, the, these guys here are, you know... Uh, following the co- uh, the colon codes, they st- they're not they have plain. been adding it. Yeah, they've been adding a little yep. stuff to it. Yeah, yeah, it's not plain. Yeah, and, exactly. And that kind of what that says to me, even though they're Dalinar's men, is that they don't quite fall under Dalinar's vision. Yeah, right. Like yeah. they're they're not they're not ready to go full way of kings. Or and maybe I mean? it says more about um, Alethi as a people that they just really can't help themselves. They <laughs> maybe, like, maybe it's that light eyes Bobbles, just really like trinkets, stuff like that. Yeah. Adornments got to show the flash. What's that? Yeah. Um, what's that stuff that, uh, you know, you go to restaurants and the people are wearing, Oh, flare. flare. Yeah. They just, flare. they like, they love the flare. You got to have more flare. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that movie was the, the office. It was like an office space. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where Jennifer, uh, Jennifer sorry, Aniston, Jennifer. Aniston yeah. yeah. So she's her characters. Is, isn't this enough? Like I'm wearing 17 pieces, and then the and then the the uh, her supervisor you're manager is like to saying, wear more. Like you're encouraged to wear more. Like 17 is the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, so she's like, more flare than more like flare. Yeah. And it's he's so like, funny. it's up to you. I mean, if you just want to do the bare minimum, like go ahead. Like <laughs> yeah. oh my god, dude, it's I so just funny. ate that up. That scene. It's such oh a good god. movie. Okay, so regular soldiers treated his men like heroes, okay? So it seemed Mm -hmm. like even amongst these light eyes, the regular soldiers looked to Bridge 4 and the Bridgemen, especially the ones involved in in the tower Mm -hmm. battle, um, treated them as heroes, but these officers of Dalinar's, no, their postures, to Kaladin at least, were seemed hostile and... uh, and that's not necessarily good. Yeah, see, I see, I read, this, say, I, I read this slightly different here. I read this as, it says that as much as regular soldiers treated his men like heroes, as much as mm-hmm. even these officers respected Dalinar and his decisions, right. their posture towards him was hostile. Right. It's almost like they accept that Bridge 4 and Cal, Kaladin and Bridge 4 did something mm-hmm. amazing and they mm-hmm. see them as heroes and absolutely respect the decisions that were made. But right. inside they can't get away from that discrimination that they've felt towards dark eyes for their whole lives right yeah it's like ingrained in them yeah you know yeah sure you're a hero but you're still a dark eyes Mm -hmm. it's almost it's very confusing right i I, i'm still gonna read it the way i I read it which is i think that the story of bridge four coming from bridgman is going to appeal to soldiers doing the real work 
You know what I mean? They're going to look at it just slightly differently than an officer. Other dark eyes are going to eat it up for sure. Oh, well, the dark, yeah. D well, dark eyes should, mm -hmm. but um, even amongst the light eyes, I think that the ordinary soldier will look at bridge four and probably think, all right, you know, they really, they really showed what, what, what they can do. They breaking you know, down some risk. walls or something. Well, just, I, I just think that they'll, the affinity to connect with that, with that suffering and, and, and whatnot, I think a regular soldier could, could maybe understand more so than perhaps the higher up officers. Yeah. That's, that, that's what I think. Right. Um, you are not wanted here is what Kaladin is thinking in his mind. Everyone has a place and you're out of yours, like a chull in a dining hall. Mm -hmm. And then Kaladin, uh, so this is, um, this is Renarin here. Yeah. May I be relieved from duty for today's training, sir? Renarin asks Kaladin, but he's wearing a bridge four uniform, which right. is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, his departure would, would make the other bridgemen relax. So Kaladin nods and agrees to this. <laughs> I love this Renarin, get, this Renarin thing. I, he gets, you, uh, three, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. What do you, sorry, what do you think about Renarin being part of Ridge 4? Like, is this crazy? Well, I think what, well, I think what I like the most about it is out of the two brothers, he's the one that wants to be closer to it. Right. He's the one that is electing to be closer to the man that was responsible for saving his mm -hmm. father and his family on the tower battle mm -hmm. and to the men who also pulled it off. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a wild a, circumstance for sure. It's, it's wild, but he's electing to do it. Now, is he electing to do it because he's, there's something sinister? Yeah. Potentially right now, I think Renarin is doing it. I like to think anyways, just purely, it's just, completely sincere yeah i think so too he, uh, i think so too i don't think there's anything nefarious just, behind it like i think no. that renarin's sincerity is like written all over his face this part yeah. where he's like i may i be relieved from duty for today's training sir it makes me feel yeah. like renarin's this cute little boy who's like daddy can i leave the table yes renarin you may leave the table <laughs> you know what i mean Go i was, ahead, I was thinking of I was thinking of Marcy and Peppermint Patty. Like, um, hey, yes, sir. Can I, can I uh, leave? <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. I like that. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, so his, okay. So, so he battles off and he sends three other guys to go with him. I think it says, yeah. and then Moash, Teft and Yake are staying with, with Kaladin. Yeah. They march up to Zale and Zale has drawn a circle in the sand on this, uh, on this training ground area. Mm -hmm. And he was throwing little colored rocks into it. Mm -hmm. And Kaladin says, I'm taking you up on that offer. I brought three of my men to learn with me. And then Zale's like, well, didn't, I didn't offer to train four of you. I know, says Kaladin. And then Zale says, do 40 laps around the outside of this uh, building at a jog and then report back. Until, sorry, you have until I get tired of my game to return. So it appears to be a game he's playing. Mm hmm That no okay. one seems to be familiar with. Right. And also him with these colored rocks. Don't you remember Renarin at the very beginning of, the, of Way of Kings? He was turning over these rocks and always fascinated by... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know who else was fascinated with rocks? Who? Tien. Right. Right. Or, sorry... That's Is who that I was thinking of. Okay. Yes. But I said Renarin. Right. Renarin, but Renarin said, turns over that little box in his hand all the time. He's got this little box right. that he's always playing with. Yeah, yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, but Tien was Tien, the one who was always Tien did. loved the rocks. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, they go, they go to leave. They're, he he, yeah, he so nods sharply and, and he's, then, like, he, and they, he's like, all the men start to take <laughs> off. Wait, 
Yeah. Zale says, wait. And they're, <laughs> they stop. Yeah. I was just testing how willing you were, you'd be to obey me. I suppose I don't need to toughen you up, but boy, you've got uh, red on your ears like I've never seen. Uh, what? red on my ears. Yeah. Cal he actually explains like, this one though. Before his other does. sayings, he doesn't really explain them that much. Right. He actually explains this one, which I like. Damnation language, he says. I mean that you feel you've got something to prove that you are spoiling for a fight. It means you're angry at everything and everyone. Moash is like, well, can you blame us? I suppose I can't, but I'm going to train you lads. Yeah. I can't have your red ears getting in the way. You're going to listen and you're going to do what I say. Yeah. I yes, like that Master he says, Zale. I, I like that he says, this is cool, I guess eh? I don't this need to toughen bit? you up because he's like well yeah. aware how yeah. tough bridge four is. I don't need to toughen yeah. you up. I just need to train you properly now. Train you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Yes, Master Zale, says Kaladin. Don't call me Master. Yeah. Says Zale. <laughs> yeah, don't call me Master. I'm, he points over to uh, Renarin. I'm his master. For you lads, I'm just an interested party who wants to help you keep my friends alive. Wait here until I get back. Cool, eh? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm his master. Not, I'm, I'm not your master. Mm -hmm. I'm only, I'm only your... I'm only your, your teacher, your instructor. That's yeah, all I am. I'm just convenient I, for you right now. Yeah. One yeah. of the things I like here, he says, uh, I'm, you know, I'm just going to be here to keep, help you keep my friends alive. You yeah, know, for all friends. the grumbling and the hateful, God, I got to teach yeah. people, blah, blah, blah. This Zale guy considers the Colin family friends, you know, so that's cool. It's, it is cool that he considers them friends. Um, yeah. But after Zale leaves, Yake uh, bends down and picks up one of his colored rocks that he was throwing into that uh, line he drew in the sand. Yeah. And then you can hear Zale in the background saying, and don't touch my rocks. So then Yale jumps and drops it. <laughs> so it's just cool that, that Zale, of course, this master, this, um, this, you know, expert swordsman, he's got eyes in the back of his head or yeah. ears like a, like, yeah. Yeah. So, so Sil zips down and begins inspecting the little rocks. Yeah. Isn't that cool? A short time later. Mm hmm So Zale walks past Renarin, and uh, he apparently wants Renarin to eat lunch. Yeah. And this, this awesome? is going to be part of his training. And then Kaladin's looking at this like, what is he doing? Yeah. He, he should be training the princes, not, especially Renarin needs training. Yeah. Anyways, so there's the, there's ardents that are there, and they're carrying out a table, dining ware, heavy stool, bloody tablecloth. And then, um, I think it's Kaladin. He's like, he sees Renarin awkwardly starting to pick up a fork. And then Kaladin's like, ah, you're teaching him to be delicate with his newfound strength. And then Zale says, Shardplate is powerful stuff. Controlling it is more than punching through walls and jumping off buildings. Mm -hmm. Dude, I really like this. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's one of my favorite little moments of this chapter. I really like... It just reminds me of uh, the uh, scenes in Iron Man when he's trying to test and yep. he's like crushing all that stuff. Like he's got to get it right before he, you know what I mean, right. can actually use it. So when do we... And then Zale says, keep waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Kaladin glances at Teft and Teft shrugs and says, oh, I like him. And yeah. then Yake says, yeah, that's because he's almost as grouchy as you are, Teft. And Teft's like, I ain't grouchy. I just have a low threshold for stupidity. Right. This is like <laughs> what we said before that there's yeah. like fan fiction where Teft and Zale become best friends. Yeah. Exactly. They have that stepbrothers moment like, holy shit, did we just totally. become best friends? 
Yeah, and, and they just look at everybody going, useless, bloody useless. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Grunting and stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Zale carries a shard blade when he comes back, so this is cool. Things are elevating now. Mm-hmm. Comes back with a shard blade a to A real shard with? blade, yeah. Whoa, so everyone's like, <gasps> like, that's something I haven't seen. Their eyes are following the blade. Oh, get the, I love this line. Brandon, Mr. Sanderson. The eyes followed that blade as they'd follow a gorgeous woman taking off her glove. Right. I love that so much because mm-hmm. he has given us since way of Kings, the safe hand, the modesty, yeah. the, the Vedan religion, all. Of, and, and in one sentence, you can now convey so much of your world because of all the building you've done. It's right. just, it's just great. Yeah, he doesn't have to explain it. He already has, right? No, he yeah. already has, you know, like yeah. it's so wonderful. Yeah, it's awesome. Zale steps up and slams the blade into the sandy ground and says, all right, try it out. And everyone's staring at it. Tef says, Kellogg's breath. You are serious, aren't you? Nearby, Sill turned from the rocks and then stared at the blade. Mm-hmm. I, I really like this because they have built this up a little bit that Sill is... She's called it, I think, an I, abomination before. An abomination. Yeah. And, I, and sh- I don't think she wants Kaladin to touch it. And no. so far, he so far that's remained true. Yep. So, yeah, so, so far, far he's kind of listened to his friend. If I have an advice, yeah. if I had advice for any up and coming, you know how you have like a, you know how you have Listen like a, a rock star people. and the rock star is being asked, what would you say to an up and coming music uh, uh, writer? Yeah. You know, well, if I had any advice for an up and coming, uh, um, night radiant would be listen to your spread. Yeah. Trust your spread and listen to your, your spread. Yeah. Trust your spread people. Yeah. <laughs> um, the morning after, uh, sorry, sorry, so, so she's, she's staring at the, at this blade. Yeah. And then Zale says, the morning after talking to your captain in the middle of the damnation night, I went to Bright Lord Dalinar and the king and asked permission to train you in sword stances. You don't have to carry swords around or anything, but if you're going to fight an assassin with a shard blade, you need to know the stances and how to respond to them. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Bright Lord Dalinar suggested letting you handle one of the king's shard blades. Mm-hmm. Smart man. Zale removes his hand and gestured. Teft reaches out to touch the blade, but Moash sees the thing first. Right when I read this again, Sean. R- again, you're building up that Moash is willing to cut in front get, of get the what older he guy. Wants. Yep. Like, yeah, he's willing. He's willing to go to the front of the line. He's willing to skip the line. He's willing to. You know, he's willing to put in the time with the work. Yeah. I can't slight him on that. His no. ethic is all there. And yeah. But but when you're that kind of person, it's like, hmm, you're ambitious. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Yep. And so so I, I was, I, I didn't see it coming, but I, I was reading things that were being dropped yeah, for sure. You, yeah, you didn't see it coming, but you're not surprised. I wasn't, wasn't surprised. Right, no. right. In fact... But, but it, it felt good. It was, it, it was a great chapter. It was right. still great. Yeah. Um, okay. So Teft reaches out, touches it. Moash comes in first, yanking it too hard yeah. out, out of the ground. Be careful now, Teft says. You'll cut off your own storming arm if yeah, you act like Yeah, because he like stumbles fool. back with it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm no fool. And there's a glory spren that pops into existence. It's heavier than I expected, A he single says. glory spren. Just sim- one, wow, yeah. one single, yeah, just yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> really? Yake says, everyone says that they're light, but to Moash it's heavy. 
Right. Hmm. And then Zayla kind of explains it here. Yeah. Well, Zayla says, those are people, those are people who are used to a regular sword. If you've trained all of your life with a long sword, then pick up something that looks like it has two or three times as much steel to it, you expect it to weigh more, not right. less. Right. Moash kind of grunts and says, from the way the stories are told, I thought it wouldn't have any weight at all. Like it would be as light as a breeze. It has more resistance when it cuts than I thought too. Guess it's about expectations again, Tef says. Mm-hmm. I like that. I really like yeah, that me line. too. It yeah. like speaks volumes. It's about our expectations, right? It's about expectations. expectations yeah. 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 Hmm. That's really I wonder, great. I wonder if that'll come into more play. I just, the- I just like how it like feels like, because you know, there's a, a conversation later that happens between Moash and Kaladin, and I feel like mm. our expectations are, you know, at play here. Like what we, what we expect yeah. to happen. I don't know. It's just, I, it, it's fitting for some reason. I'm not even sure how to voice what I'm thinking when I feel that mm-hmm. feeling, but yeah, guess it's about expectations. Speaks really, speaks loudly right here. I don't mm-hmm. know why it does. It does. Well, I mean, I think, I think in part because. You know, re- reading this with you, mm-hmm. I was certainly expecting and having this anticipation of something to do with Moash. Right. And then here we have it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Yake, uh, goes to have a, a go with the weapon next. The stout man pulls it f- more freely than Moash had. So I, I, more I carefully wanted to, yeah. ta- I want to talk about that or, or more carefully than Moash had. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if the shard blade reacts differently with different people. Hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like um, it's indicative of Moash and Yake. Yake saw Moash mm-hmm. overdo it, and then Yake was probably more careful. Right. right? More careful. Right. Yeah. Stormfather, but it feels strange to hold this, says Yake. It's just a tool, Zale says, a valuable one, but still just a tool. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Yake says, it's more than a tool. I'm sorry, but it just is. I might believe that about a regular sword, but this, this is art. Zale shook his head in annoyance. This was neat because Yake here, I felt like, I felt like I could identify with Yake because it would be like if somebody handed me a lightsaber. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. And then, and then, and I was like, whoa, like, this is amazing. Like, I'd just be in awe of this thing. Mm -hmm. And then having some, having some teachers, you know, expert, you know, Jedi say it's just a tool. Right. And then it'd be like, no, like it's not. This is more than a tool. This like, is, have yeah, you this seen is, what people do it in yeah. the movies? Like, you can open up a door yeah. with this thing. <laughs> this is art, and that seems to annoy Zale. So that's I. Th- I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. Calvin says what, and then Zale says, "Well, men prohibited from using the sword because they're too low. They're too low born. Even after all these years, it strikes me as silly. There's nothing holy about swords." They're better in some situations, they're worse in others. Kaladin says, yeah, but you're an ardent. Aren't you supposed to uphold foreign arts and traditions? Well, Sale says, if you haven't noticed, I'm not a very good ardent. I just happen to be an excellent swordsman. Hmm. You going to take a turn? Syl looks at Kaladin sharply. Sharply, yeah. She like... I know. Like, it's like are you? Just her, like, yeah, I know. I, I really imagine that, you know. You know what it's like? Uh, it's almost like the meme. You know that the meme? meme? The guy is walking with his girlfriend, but he's looking behind at the other girl. 
<laughs> I don't and the girl, know. you don't know what that was? You don't no, know memes? Don't know. Or, okay. I barely even Maybe know what Maybe the listeners will know what I'm talking about. But she's giving him, it's almost like, you know, your, your girlfriend caught you looking at another girl. Yeah. That's what Sill's yeah. doing. She's like, don't yeah, you yeah, look at Syl's, that sword. Yeah, don't you look at that sword. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? How dare you look at, aren't I enough? Yeah. Um, okay, so Sill looks uh, sharply at Kaladin here. Kaladin says, I'll pass unless you demand it. I thought he, that was carefully put. Mm-hmm. Unless you demand it, Zale. Right, as part of the training or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm so curious, if Zale did command it, would he have done it? I think he would have. He just said he would have, right? I yeah, think he Cal, says, he's, yeah, I know, Cal but he says, he says it, but then, yes, but then there's Sill. Right, there's always Sill. Right. Yeah, what do we so, just say? Listen to your sprint. Listen to your sprint. Not curious at all how it feels, says Zale. Those things have killed too many of my friends. I'd rather not have it to touch it if it's all the same to you. Suit yourself, Sale says. Yeah. Bright Lord Dalinar's suggestion was to get you used to these weapons, to take away some of the awe. Half the time a man dies by one of those, it's because he's too busy staring to dodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kaladin says. I've seen that. Swing it at me. I need practice facing one down. So hold on here. I want to I wanna talk about the I've seen that. The awe. We, we remember from the, the battle when uh, Kaladin beat the Shardbearer when he was in Amaram's right. army. His yeah. whole squad gets killed because they're yeah. sitting there kind of a deer in, uh, in a headlights frozen yeah. in awe of this, um, this. Shardbearer. Yeah. Cal even says in that moment that it, it's almost too unimaginable that something so divine looking would be against right. us. Right. 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 And so that's what happens. They, these magical swords and these magical armor are so amazing mm-hmm. looking that they're like, mm-hmm. there's no way that that guy's going to hurt us. He's, he's divine. Right. He's like a God. Right. You know, like he, the almighty himself took to the field. That's what Cal said in the first yeah. book. Right. So yeah. that's what he's referring to. I've seen that. I've seen it when men lose themselves in the awe of and- a shard bearer. And so. not see it as a, as a tool. Right. And not see it just as see, a tool. That's, see, that's what Zale is trying to... Or not even see it as an enemy, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's neat. It's a nice little callback. It is neat. No, says Kaladin, no guard, Zale. I need to be afraid. So I want, I want you to hit me without the sword's guard. Right. I want you to go... Like, he's wanting to be yeah. afraid. Yeah. I thought that was great. Uh-huh. This is the... Uh, um, I want to quote you quoting uh, Fight Club right now. Yeah, I yeah. want you to hit me. I want to hit me can. as hard as you can. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, Moash, <laughs> this is funny. So then nodded, walking over to take the sword from Moash, who had begun a second turn swinging it. So right. again, hit that, those little hints, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sill zips past. And uh, thank you, she said, settling on Kaladin's shoulder. So she... Goes over to Kaladin's shoulder, sits down. Mm-hmm. Zale walks back into a stance. One of the light-eyed dueling stances. And Zale steps forward and swung. Panic. So Kaladin couldn't keep it from rising. In an instant, he saw Dalit die. Right. The shard blade shearing through his head. He saw faces, burned-out eyes reflecting on the blade's too silvery surface. Again... This is all happening in an instant, right? Like, yeah. For him. So he's seeing his, his friends die. He's right. seeing Dalit die. Like that's, that must be really hard to face. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like yeah. that, like this is, that's a lot for him to, to say, oh yeah, just, just re remove the guard. Right. And then you have to deal with all this mental, you know, um, the I drama. Guess, yeah. I, I want to, yeah. I want to like parallel this back to that scene when Adeline was having a conversation with those other shard bearers trying to goat them into dueling him. And then he turned around and he was okay. face to face with Sadius and he had yeah. this yes. like moment of remembrance of the battle on the tower and on his tower, men dying yes. around him. And this is yep. Cal doing the same thing, having this trigger that reminds yep. him of his lost comrades. So yeah, as all these much memories. as, you know, we had in the first book, these parallels between Dalinar and Kaladin, these like kind mm. of tracks, these rails that they were on that were kind of parallel to each other. And Adeline is, you know, Adeline and Kaladin have this beef, this like unsettled beef together, but there's these moments here that they, they both share a lot of the same things. You know, they're very similar while still being completely different people. So, um, so he, so Zael advances forward in this training and this time Kaladin knows it would hit him. Mm -hmm. uh, so Kaladin steps back and then he, he, he notes here storms. Those monsters were beautiful. Right. Like horses. <laughs> this, the sword, that, damn, that sword's beautiful. It's almost like a it's goddamn like, horse. It's like a, what's one of those vile creatures? What are they called again? Horses. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Denver, Denver Rose is um, like our, uh, our horse chat. Man, <laughs> Anytime we horse, talk about horses. Yeah. Dude, the horse thing it so just blows my mind. It's so amazing. Yeah. Um, so Zale swings again and Kaladin has to jump back and then he reacts to a shadow that he'd seen in the corner of his eye and he spun and comes face to face with Adeline Colin, with right. the, with our fashion designer here. Right. Um, they stare at each other in, in the eyes, and I was thinking, oh boy, is this going to turn into another Like a two-on-one fight? Yeah, because remember last time? It, well, I thought it would be an exchange of like another thing, but no, in this case, uh, Adeline's eyes flick towards Zale, and he gives a little nod, a shallow nod, to, and then to, turns to about and walks toward, yeah, to Kaladin, yeah. and then walks back and heads toward Renarin, and then Kaladin's thinking, you know what? This is great. The assassin in white had bested both of them. Yeah. There was nothing to mock in preparing to fight him. Yeah. So it's kind of like Adeline is just... Acknowledging, okay. like... Acknowledging yeah. you're, 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 you're learning, you're fighting against a shard plate or, or, or shard blade. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's cool. It's a really cool it, little moment. Yeah, because I was still thinking that there was going to be some kind of confrontation or right. words exchanged, and I was very pleasantly surprised that it was just this cool little... Yeah. You know, keeping it level-headed. Um, I have to go train Prince Renarin, Zale says. Can't leave him alone all day for you fools. Ivis here will go through some sparring moves with you and let, uh, let each of you face down a shard blade, mm -hmm. as Kaladin has done. Get comfortable with the, with the sight so you don't freeze when one comes for you. It's interesting that he says when one comes for you, like, again, almost referring to the, the blade itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? R yeah. Rather than the wielder? Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. It's, it's an interesting way of viewing it. Um, okay, so Kaladin notices this new artist, this Ivis. She's a woman. Mm -hmm. uh, she kept her hand gloved. And uh, he's, no he's noting here, a woman with a sword. An odd sight. Of course, was it any odder than dark-eyed men holding a shard blade? Yeah. Um, you know what oh. I noticed? I noticed the word <laughs> odd. 
Yes, odd that. So a woman <laughs> with a sword, odd sight. That's an, an odd, odd sight. sight. And we mm-hmm. know, we the reader know what we this implies. Know. We know mm-hmm. a woman with a shard blade. Right. We know Shalon has a shard blade. Odd, odd sight. Right. So this is like, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's like a little wink to us. And it's right. also mm-hmm. a little bit maybe foreshadowing that Shalon's going to come later in this chapter because we are eventually are going to get a woman who actually has a shard blade come into right. this, uh, into this, uh, this chapter. So it's really neat. It's really, really cool. I- Ivis gave them lengths of wood. So these are the practice swords. Mm-hmm. And I love this because it says here they, they were decent approximations of a shard blade, but then San, San, Mr. Sanderson, um, compares it uh, to a child's scribble with chalk representing a person. Right. Right. It's just, it's, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, she then put them through several routines demonstrating the 10 shard blade sword stances and Calvin's thinking, um, he's looking to kill light eyes, uh, from the moment he first touched a spear. Okay. And so learning these stances were going to be a little bit new to him. However, Knowing the stances would let him anticipate a swordsman, a swordsman's next move. Right. Which makes so, so much sense. is valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not going to be fighting with a sword himself, but if he learns the moves enough, he'll be able to go, oh, that kind of swing will leave him open here. Right? Right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's really cool. An hour or so later, after all these practicing these stances with, uh, with this new character, sorry, I forgot the name already. Ivis. Ivis. Yeah. Okay. Um, an hour or so later, Kaladin sits, uh, down his practice sword and goes over to the water barrel. There's no ardents or parchment that are actually taking care of his men. And he was just fine with that. He wasn't some pampered rich boy. Mm-hmm. So he probably could have had that. Mm-hmm. He probably could have. Now, now what I'm kind of wondering is, did the art, do, do, did the ardents purposefully not do it? Or was it something that Kaladin had directed? I, I See, feel like... I feel like he, you know, if he had requested it, maybe they could have done that, but he, you yeah. know what I mean? So he scans the ground for Adeline and Renarin, and, and of course, he, I don't think he can see them. Adeline would be with uh, someone named Mart and Eth amongst, sorry, Mart and Eth. I, th- I think that's interesting, because that, that, that Kaladin knows the two guards that Adeline was with. Right. So that's neat that he knows their names. And then of course, Renarin would be with the three that he'd sent earlier. Right. Um, so I thought that was neat that he knows the names of the two that Adeline are there with. Right. That is. It's like, he's got, he's a, he's keeping, a, he's a good manager. He knows what dude, all of his staff are doing. He's, he's on it. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that Moash pulled off what he did. Right. You're totally right. You're totally it's right. It's really amazing because he's so on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like anyway, um, Still, he couldn't help trying to find out where the princes are. Again, he's on high alert. You know, where are the princes? Where are my priorities? My yeah. priority He's is like, because an accident is, could still happen here. And then all of a sudden, right. he has the same kind of moment that Adeline had when Adeline was at the meeting when he's all like, you know, he's in mid thought and then he's like, oh, who's that woman? Right. And then a he's woman. like, an accident could happen here. And then a, a woman was on the practice grounds. I love this. Yeah. A woman was on the practice. Not an ardent, but a true light-eyed woman the one with the vibrant hair, red hair. She had just wandered in and was scanning the grounds. Mm-hmm. He didn't bear a grudge about the incident with his boots. He didn't? It says here he didn't bear a grudge All about right. the incident with his I really wish he would, but <laughs> he didn't. 
Um, but it simply typified to a light eye as men like Kaladin were playthings. You toyed with dark eyes, took what you needed from them, and gave no thought to having left them far worse for the interaction. Right. That right there is what sums it up for me as to what Kaladin has experienced over and over almost every interaction yeah, with well, the Yeah, he lists eye. them right here, right? It was how yep. Rishon had been. It was how Sadius had been. Sadius. So, yeah. Yep. He, and she, he's like, she's not evil, really. She just doesn't no. care. She just didn't. And what did his father tell him? You, you need to care. Right. Yeah. She's probably a good match for the princeling, though, he thinks. Um, Yake says, not bad, following Kaladin's gaze. <laughs> I like this part a lot. And this then Kaladin's so like, not, not what bad at what? Well, not bad looking, Captain, Yake says with a laugh. Storms. Sometimes it seems the only thing you think about is who has to be on duty next. Which he was literally You're... just thinking about who was on duty. So Yake's got him pegged too. Yeah. Got him pegged. Yeah. Nearby, Sil nods emphatically. Yeah. You need a girl. Like... Yeah, yeah. You need a girl, mate. Yeah. It's like, uh, um, it's like, she's light eyed, Kaladin says. Yeah. So, Yake says, a light eyed woman can't be attractive? No. And then after that, Sean, no is, is what he says in, in, uh, in, um, parentheses. Yeah. Or sorry, not parentheses, in quotations. And then it says, it was as simple as that. Right. No. No. Can a light eyed woman be attractive? No. No. No, because he doesn't, like, he doesn't, uh, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't fuck around with that shit. No, he doesn't. Like, demanding your boots? Like. She's not hot. No. Like, what do you, like, you're, you're going to take from me just because you're light-eyed? Like, what? uh, This moment's funny because it's like, he's, (laughs) he's like looking at her and he's all like, I don't fucking care about the boots. It's the way she fucking treated me. She's hot, right? (laughs) What? Who's hot? What are you talking about? Yeah. The girl you're yeah. checking out. Oh, uh, <laughs> the girl you- yeah, no, she's not fucking hot. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, y- Yake says, you're a strange one, sir. Yeah. Eventually, Ivis uh, calls for Yake and Tef to stop idling. She didn't call for Kaladin. He seemed to intimidate many of the Ardents. Right. That I find interesting too. The Ardents are wary of Kaladin. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, for sure. But Teft lingers a moment and, uh, nods towards the girl yeah and says and says you think we have to worry about her foreign woman about whom we know very little sent in suddenly to be adeline's betrothed sure would make a good assassin damnation you know what teft i've i i should have seen that good eye makes sense so this is interesting that teft again i hope that is coming from a genuine place and not a like wanting to disrupt things place with teft yeah I hope that it's, I hope that it's, that, that, that it's a genuine concern. Yeah. Kaladin picks up his practice sword and starts walking towards her. Right. And as he's going toward her, Cal, Kaladin or joins Al- him. Aladdin does. Uh, Adeline, oh, yeah. Adeline does, yeah. Yeah. So, Ka- so Kaladin walks towards Shalon. Adeline clanks up beside him in shard plate and Kaladin says, what is she doing here? Only to watch me while I spar, presumably, Adeline says. I usually have to kick them out. <laughs> Kick, kick them out? Kick them? Yeah. Well, you know, girls who want to have a gawk at me while I fight. I wouldn't mind, but if we, if we, but if we allowed it, they would clog the entire grounds every time I came. Nobody would be able to get any, any sparring done. Jeez, he's so Kaladin conceited, ra- eh? Kaladin raises up an eyebrow, so I'll, I'll give you the eyebrow raise right now. Oh, there, nice eyebrow. Holy jeez, that could hurt someone. Holy jeez. Um, what, says Adeline? You don't get women coming, uh 
to watch you spar, bridge boy? Little dark-eyed ladies missing seven teeth and afraid of bathing? Gosh, the dude, I, I, I laughed out loud so much. Oh, it's, it's horrible. It's, cru- it's cruel. It's, yeah. cru- it's terrible, but I couldn't, I couldn't help but laugh. Yeah, and then Cal thinks to himself, next time, I'll let the assassin have this one. Yeah, I know. Next time he says, yeah. He's thinking, I'll let the assassin. Yeah, if Seth, if Seth comes back, you're toast, buddy. I'm yeah. not protecting you. Yeah, you're, you're done. Anyway, he's, he continues, she probably has a better reason to be here than others, considering our relationship. We'll still have to kick her out. Can't send, uh, set a bad precedent. Kaladin says, you really let this happen? A betrothal to a woman you've never met? Adeline shrugs and says, there's always, there's always go so well, at, or things always go so well at first, and then they fall apart on me. I can never figure out where I go wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe if there were something more familiar in place, and then he scowls as if he starts to realize who he's talking to, like tromps forward trying to get away from Kaladin. So he was almost like speaking with him, right? Yeah. Is is, is that what happened there? And then he realized it and went, he's like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. You know what it is? Why am am I talking to you? Like, it's like, it's like two buddies talking about a girl that one of them likes. It's yeah. like a nice little bromance. And then Adeline's like, what am I, yeah. what am I talking to you what, about this wait for? Wait a minute. Like, Why am I talking to you? Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. So he tromps away faster to get away from, from Kaladin. And he reaches Shallan, who, humming to herself. So <laughs> there's Shallan just yeah. doing her own thing, yeah. right? <laughs> passes, passes right by him. Yeah. Alan raises a hand. His mouth is open to speak. As he turned and watched her walk farther across the courtyard, yeah. her eyes her eyes were on Nall, the head ardent of the practice grounds, and Shallan bowed to her in reverence. Kaladin's like, "Come to uh, come to watch you." I see, completely fascinated by you. Obviously, shut up, Adeline says. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's so awesome. I love this. This is so awesome. I just and that's per- you know that this is purposeful on Shallan's part. <laughs> Shalon is like, she later she's like, oh, I didn't even see you there. Like, yeah, she, I didn't even, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which of course, of course, all lies. Right. It's lies. Total lies. Mm, it's lies. lies. Yeah. Pattern yeah. is going nuts right yeah. now. <laughs> um, so visual records of these suits are pathetic. So, so this is after um, Kaladin and Adeline stroll over. Yeah, they walk Shalon over. Is. And she's in the middle of a conversation with Nall and she says, visual records of these uh, suits are pathetic, Sister Nall says Shallan. We need new sketches. Though much of my time will be spent uh, clerking for Bright Lord Siberial, I would like a few projects of my own during my time at the Shattered Plains. With your blessing, I wish to proceed. Your talent is admirable, Nall says. Art is your calling? Natural history, Sister Nall, though sketching is a priority for me at the, in that line of study as well. As well it should be. The ardent turns to another page and says, You have my blessing, dear child. Tell me, which devotery do you call your own? Uh, that is a subject of some consternation on my part, Shallan says. Oh, Adeline, I didn't uh, notice you there. My, but uh, you do loom when you wear that armor, don't you? You're letting her stay, Adeline says, to Nall. She wishes to update my royal record of shardplate and shardblades in the war camps with new sketches. This seems wise. The king's current ac- uh, accounting of the shards includes many rough sketches, but few detailed drawings. Adeline says, so you're going to need me to pose for you. <laughs> Actually, yeah, so, I know. He's Looking so for conceited, any opportunity. Eh? So oh my God, yeah. It's perfect. Actually, the sketches of your plate are quite complete, Shalon says, thanks to your mother. 
I'll focus first on the king's plate and blades, which nobody has thought to sketch in any detail. Mm-hmm. Nall says, well, just stay out of the way of the men sparring, child. And she walks off. Yeah. Alan says, look, going to Shalon, I can see what you're up to. Um, five foot six inches, Shalon says. I suspect that's all I will ever be up to, unfortunately. Five foot... Ah, Adeline frowns. Yes, Shalon says, scanning the practice grounds. I thought it was a good height when I... <laughs> then I came here. Yeah. You, Alethi, really are freakishly tall, aren't you? I guess everyone here is a good two inches taller than the, than the Veden average. <laughs> yeah, she's... Yeah, she's a shorty. Oh my God, she's a short. No, that's not Adeline Frowns. Ugh, you're here because you want to watch me spar. Admit it. The sketching is a ruse. Hmm. Someone has a high opinion of himself. Comes with being royalty, I suppose. Like funny hats and a fondness for beheadings. Yeah. Ah, and it's our captain of the guard. Your boots are on the way to your barracks via courier. Is that so, says Kaladin. I had the soles replaced. They were terribly uncomfortable. I liked how they fit. Yeah. Then you must have had stones for feet, she says. <laughs> this this whole, I mean, I just it's love so it. It's so great. Dude, it's so awesome. It's so great. She comes in and schools three. both of them. Like, just. You know what I find? And maybe I'm, maybe I'm going too far here, but I don't know. I find that their interaction with these three, Luke, Han, and Leia. Yeah, it's a little bit, you're totally right. Man, it's a little bit of that. It's just, it, it, you got the conflict, you got the lines. It's just, it reminds me of Luke, Han, and Leia. And, and, and I brought it up before. There's this other TV show I've seen where there's a lot of back and forth banter like this. It's called Merlin. Yes. This yeah, little, you, you recently it, it's a little show. It, yeah. yeah, it's a little show, but it's got, I think it's Merlin. You got Arthur, Mar- and then you've got Gwen Morgana. Was yeah. so, she's so good. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of interplay in that show that I find is similar to some of the some, some quick of the banter, dialogue. some quick jokes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 just it's charming and and delightful mm-hmm. is what it is. It's super fun to read. Um, so yeah, this whole part had is just replaced. really really awesome. What do you think? <laughs> so uh, Adeline's like, you just came here to like flirt with me. And yeah, stuff. you just come on, admit it. Yeah. It, so what do you think? Like, do you think that that's why she came here, or? Uh, no, I don't think so i don't think that she came here does to she flirt came with here adeline. to draw i think she came here to be seen by adeline right 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 and to be and on and not only to be seen by him but also to ignore him on purpose right which puts him, him in place yes i think that's right? exactly gives, it gives this is definitely a play yeah. that she's doing i think she's like yeah for sure she's like i gotta that's keep I think him too. thinking about me but yeah. I can't be like, oh, Adeline, I'm here. It's got to be like, because remember Tin said, you got to keep him at arm's length. You have right. to, you yes. have to make him yeah. want you without being all crazy and stupid about yeah. it. Yeah. So 100%. she's pulling it off. I think it's really, really great. <laughs> Wait, Adeline says, you, you've worn the bridge boy's boots. How did that happen? <laughs> he like, he's like getting concerned. Did, did you guys hook up? Like, what? what? Did, you, did you guys hook up? awkwardly Shalon says um, and the three pairs of socks and with three pairs of socks she says she patted Adeline's armored arm so she pats him on the Adeline on the arm and says if you really want me to sketch you Adeline I will no need to act jealous though I do still want to talk you promise me or sorry I do still want that walk you promised me right oh and I need to I need to get that excuse me she goes over to where Renarin um, is taking hits on his armor mm-hmm Shalon's green gown and red hair were vibrant slashes of color on the grounds. I just love the way that that's written. Insufferable woman, Adeline says. Stop leering at her backside, bridge boy, says to Kaladin. I'm not leering. 
And what do you care? You just said she was insufferable. Yeah, Adeline says. She all but ignored me, didn't she? Yeah, but he says, he says, yeah, looking back towards her with a wide grin. Yeah, yeah, Like it's working. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And then he says, insufferable. So (laughs) it reminded me of inconceivable. Inconceivable, yeah. He Um, says, insufferable. His smile widened as he strode after her, moving with the grace that the shard plate was so discordant uh, with its apparent bulk. So he... Yeah, it's working. Whatever she's done, it's starting to work on Adeline. He's like, uh, he already kind of liked her from the meeting, but now, you know, <laughs> you always want what you can't quite get so easily. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's great. Um, Kaladin, Kaladin shakes his head, light eyes in their games. And then Moash joins him. Right. Moash nods gratefully to Kaladin, handing over the ladle at the, uh, at the, so a lot's happening over at this water cooler. Yeah. This. Yeah. It's like, have you seen the new, uh, Dexter? Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's water cooler. She let talk. you go, Kaladin? Moash, uh, sorry. Um, she, she let you go, Kaladin asked, nodding toward their trainer. Moash shrugs, gulping water. I didn't flinch. What we're doing here is good, Moash says. It's important. After the way you trained us in those chasms, I thought I didn't have anything left to learn. Shows how much I knew. Mm-hmm. Kaladin nods. Adeline is displaying several stances for Renarin, and so uh, he's, he's remarking this. Shalon had settled down to sketch them. Was this all an excuse to get close so that sh- uh, she could wait for the right time to slide a knife into, Adeline, into Ad- Adeline's gut? Right. So... He's, uh, again, taking this little, I guess, suggestion from Teft. Yeah. Seriously. Yep. He's, he's aware of it. And so he's going to make sure that it's yeah. on his brain. Yeah. Ad- Adeline was a good swordsman. Kaladin would, would give him that much. And so was Zela for that matter. Mm-hmm. It was the king, Moash says. He had my family executed. Whoa. Just right out of the blue. Like just right out of the blue at the, no wa- at the water cooler. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing. The person that Moash wanted to kill, the person he had a grudge against, it was the king. Kaladin felt a shock spike through him, as if he'd been punched, and he turns on Moash. We're bridge four, Moash continues. We stick together. You should know about why I am the way I am. My grandparents were the only family I ever knew. Parents died when I was a child. Anna and Da, they raised me. The king, he killed them. How did it happen? Calvin says. Hmm. I like how he says, how did it happen? And not, are you sure? Right. Like he, he knows how did like he just. Kind of trusts. Alucard, yeah. Yeah. Checking to make sure none of the Ardens were close enough to hear. I was away, Moash says, working a caravan that ran out here to this wasteland. Anna and Da, they were second none. Important for dark eyes, you know. Ran their own shop, silversmiths. I never picked up on the trade. Like to be out walking, going somewhere. Well, a light-eyed man owned two or three silvermish shops in, in Kolinar, one of which was a cross for my grandparents. He never did like the competition. This was a year or so before the old king died, and Elikar was left in charge of the kingdom while Gavilar was out at the plains. Anyway, Elikar was good friends with the light-eyes who was in competition with my grandparents. Right. So he, did, so he did his friend a favor. Right. And Elikar had Anna and Da dragged on in, in, into some charge or another. And they were important enough to demand a right to trial, an inquest, before magistrates. 
I think it surprised Elikar that he couldn't completely ignore the law. He pled lack of time and sent Anna and Da to the dungeons to wait until an inquest could be arranged. Moash has some more water. They died there a few months later, still waiting for Elikar to approve their paperwork. Hmm. That's not exactly the same thing as killing them. Moash looks at Kaladin yeah, and says, he gets, you doubt he gets intense here. Yeah, you doubt that sending a 75-year-old couple to the, to the palace dungeons is a death sentence? I guess. Well, I guess you're right. Right. Moash continues, Elikar knew they'd die in there. That way the hearing would never go before the magistrates exposing his corruption. That bastard killed them, murdered them to keep his secret. I came home from my trip with the caravan to an empty house, and the neighbors told me my family was already two months dead. So now you're trying to assassinate King Elikar? Yeah. That was huge, And this is, the, this is the other moment, he right? Just, this... th that's what he... It's so funny how that's what Kaladin wanted to say chapters ago. Right. He wanted to ask that very question, mm -hmm. and now, because of this, he asks it. Yeah, because Moash doesn't expect it, right, at all. Because it says Moash no. froze, Moash looking froze. him in the eye like, oh, yeah. shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, my captain is calling me out. And his response, that night on the balcony, Kaladin says, did you make it look like a shard blade cut the railing? And Moash's response, we shouldn't talk about this here. Right. Whoa, dude. That was my dude moment right there. I was so like, this is an admission. It's an admission to being part yeah, of it at least, right? Course. Doesn't really talk too much more about it, but, um, no. yeah. Stormfather Moash, we've been hired to protect the man. Our job, Moash says, is to try to, is to keep Dalinar alive. I can agree with that. He doesn't seem too bad for a light eyes. Storms, this kingdom would be a lot better off if he were king instead. Don't tell me you think differently. Yes, but killing the king. Not here, Moash says. I can't just let it go, Nalan's hand. I'm going to have to tell... You'd do that? You'd turn on a member of Bridge 4? Yeah, that's not what we were talking about earlier. When he yeah. invokes their bond as Bridge 4, right? <sighs> yeah, I, don't, I, I, I still can't help but feel it's... it's he's taking advantage. Mm -hmm. Damnation, Kaladin says. No, I won't, but at least not if you'll agree to stop. You may have a grudge with the king, but you can't just try to, you know... And what else am I supposed to do, Moash says. Mm -hmm. What kind of justice can a man like me get on a king, Kaladin? Tell me. That's, and in, inside, that's a, the next line, he's like... That's a big point sorry, right there. No, I'm just going to say, it is. that's a big point like that. What kind of justice can a man like me get on a king? A dark-eyed right? former slave. You know? What kind of justice can you get from, right. on a king? Yeah, it's, it's an it's absolutely good point. And then all of this is too much, and Kaladin's internal mind is saying, this can't be happening. Right. Like, this is too much. Mm -hmm. Moash says, I'll stop for now, if you'll agree to meet with someone. Ooh, the plot thickens right. there. Who, says Kaladin. This plan wasn't my idea. There's some others involved. All I had to do was throw them a rope. I want you to listen to them. So Moash so right about just, the rope. yes, he's literally just confirmed that Sigzil's theory right. was right. So was right. at the very end of the season... When we do our wrap up with Joel, I yeah. think Sigzil yeah. should get a point for being right in his theory. <laughs> his theory was right. Yeah. That's right. So Sigzil joins uh, jo joins the ranks of the uh, of the theory predictors. Right. Moash, see, listen, listen to what they have to say. Moash says, "Just listen, Cal. That's all. 
If you don't listen, listen, Cal, li- listen. Linda, Linda, hey, listen, hey, bro, listen. That's all. If you don't agree with uh, what they tell you, I'll come. I'll come. I'll, I'll back, back out. out, please. Yeah. So he's saying, come and meet with these people. If you don't like what right. you hear, I'll stop. I'll, I'll ba- get out. I'll back out. Yeah. You promise not to do anything else against the king until we've had this meeting? On my grandparents' honor. All right. Kaladin agrees. Um, Kaladin sighs and comes face to face with Syl, mm-hmm. hovering behind him. Her tiny eyes had gone wide, hands as fists to her sides. So she's got fists to, on her side. Like, she's not happy. Mm. Before we leave this whole Moash conversation here, there's something that I wanted sure, to bring up ahead. at the beginning of the pod that I kind of saved for now. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Dalinar and Kaladin are pretty convinced that whoever did the railing was also potentially behind the cracked gemstones in the king's plate. Both sort of stupid ways of trying to assassinate the king, both ways of being able to do it with for it to look like an accident, right? Mm-hmm. They assume mm-hmm. that it's the same people. One of the things we know for sure is that Moash could not have been involved in the cracked gemstones in the plate. He was with Bridge Four trying to, you know, like trying right. to dodge death by carrying a bridge, right? So he right. wasn't around mm-hmm. for that at all. So That's the true. people yep. that he's involved with if it's the same people, you know, we're, had already tried something before. And so right. Moash has just kind of got caught up in this thing here. Um, mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting what happens at that meeting and what their plans are and who these people are, you know, um, Kaladin and Dalinar don't think these people, whoever's behind these are very smart. They said, you know, these are kind of right. stupid ways of doing this. So <laughs> doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's well, just, it's, some, it's, 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 it's convoluted, but yet if it works, it it's, almost worked. It's if it, if it works, it's kind of tidy. Right. Right. It's you know hands I mean? off. Like in terms of the investigation mm-hmm. and what, what gets revealed, right. that's where it gets tidy. Right. So it's almost why it's worth doing it in this very sort of complicated sort of way. Yeah. So it, it's just something to think um, about, about how Moash's involvement does not stretch back all the way to this other attempt. Right. So. Mm-hmm. So Syl says to Kaladin, what did you just do? Mm-hmm. I only heard the last part. <sighs> Moash was involved. Kaladin says, I need to follow this through Syl. If someone is trying to kill the king, it's my job to investigate them. Oh, she frowns. I felt something, something else. Kaladin, this is dangerous. We should go to Dalinar. I promised Moash, Kaladin says. I can't go to Dalinar until I know more. Syl follows him as a ribbon of light. Kaladin takes off his boots and socks and wants to feel the sand on the training grounds on his feet. Mm-hmm. He, goes, he goes into wind stance, and nearby there's a group of light-eyed men who nudge one another, laughing. This is my right, Kaladin says. Yeah. I defeated a shard bear. I belong here. Mm-hmm. Why weren't dark eyes encouraged to practice like this? The dark eyed men in history who've won shard blades were praised in song and story. Evid Markmaker, Lannison, Renanor of the fields. These men were revered. But modern dark eyes, well, they were told not to think beyond their station or else. Mm hmm. But what was the purpose of the Voran Church, of ardents and callings and the arts? Improve yourself, be better. Why shouldn't men like him be expected to dream big dreams? None of it seemed to fit. 
society and religion. They just flat out contradicted each other. I really love this little blurb here when he starts to consider how it all works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Soldiers are glorified in the tranquiline halls, but without farmers, soldiers can't eat. So being a farmer is probably all right too. Mm -hmm. Better suit, uh, sorry, better yourself with a calling in life, but don't get too ambitious or we'll lock you away. Right. And then this next part, don't get revenge upon the king for ordering the death of your grandparents, but you can get revenge on the Parshendi, on the Parshendi for ordering the death of someone you've never met. Right. That is a very good point. Right. That's the point that I was waiting to get to that shows the, I guess the, the conundrum of this whole line of thinking. Right. You know, like, why should I stop Moash? From getting the justice on Elokar. When we're all here at the Shattered Plains getting justice for the king. Right. Right. I know. It's a really tricky thing. And I think Syl and him have have it out here, I think. Yeah, this is really great too. So so feeling unfulfilled, he's feeling unfulfilled on on the training grounds. When he fought or trained, it's not supposed to be like this. Supposed to be Kaladin and the weapon as one. Syl, he says, your honor, Sprend. Does that mean you can tell me the right thing to do? Definitely, yeah. she says. <laughs> is it is it wrong? I love how it's just so, you know. Yeah. Is it wrong for Moash to try to kill the king? She says, of course. Right. Why? Because killing is wrong, Sil says. And the Parshendi that I killed? We've talked about this. It had to be done. And what if one of them was a surge binder with his own honor spren? She says, Parshendi can't become surge binders. Just pretend, Kaladin says. Mm. I'd, ge- I'd guess all the Parshendi want to do at this point is survive. Storms, the ones involved in Gavilar's death, they might not even still be alive. Their leaders were executed back in Elthkar after all. So you tell me if a common Parshendi who is protecting his people comes up against me, would honor, sorry, what would his honor spren say? That he's doing the right thing? This is a very good point that Kaladin brings up. Yeah, this is great. And I think he kind of gets still here too, yeah. in he, terms of the logic. Let's just jump back for a second. She says, Parshendi yeah. can't become Surge Bind, and then she doesn't get to finish. Doesn't get to finish. No. So Parshendi can't become Surge Binders. We know right. from some of the epigraphs of the, um, the songs in this book that we get from like the, you know, the song of secrets and all that kind of stuff that, um, that the Parshendi say in their songs, the listeners say in their songs Mm -hmm. that the Spren, um, betrayed them and only went to the humans, not them. Right. Right. So this is a little bit of that confirming that from a Spren, Parshendi can't become surge binders. Surge binders, right. right. But they can seek forms, which is a little different. So, um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, um, he kind of gets, he gets her stumbling here. She's like, I, um, she hated questions like this. She says it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, you said you won't kill the Parshendi anymore. And Amram, can I, can I kill him? And she asks him, is that justice? One form. Which is the title the title of our chapter Mm -hmm. and she says yeah but there's a difference yeah well what kaladin says because of what it does to you sil says thinking about him changes you it twists you 
You're supposed to protect Kaladin, not kill. I'm going to quote something here. I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. Right. The second ideal. Right. So it's not, I will kill those who are trying to kill others. It is, I will protect right. those who cannot protect themselves. That, right. Um, you have to kill to protect, he snapped. Storms, you're starting to sound as bad as my father. Right. This is a callback that's, to what her his dad said a lot. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Ivis comes over and gives some corrections. And uh, I guess Kaladin is wearing his, uh, his emotions on his sleeve here because he's frustrated by the training. Right. Uh, there's just too much going on in his head. And uh, uh, Ivis says, you expected to pick this up in one day? He kind of had. Yeah. He, he knew the spear. He trained long and hard. He thought that maybe this would just all click. Maybe that's a little bit like of like overconfidence, but, but I mean, when you're really good at fighting with a spear, it doesn't, it's not a stretch mm -hmm. to think I'll be good at all the other things, right? Like, yeah. Zale comes by and says uh, to Kaladin, keep at it. Kaladin says, I was under the impression you'd be training me personally. Nah, it's too much work, Zale says. <laughs> 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 too much work. Yeah. Um, Kaladin jogs up to him. I, I saw Dalinar Colon, while unarmed and unarmored, catch a shard blade in midair with his, the flats of his palms. Yeah. Zale grunts and says, old Dalinar pulled off a last clap, eh? Good for him. Can you teach me? It's a stupid maneuver, Zale says. Yeah. When it works, it's only because the shard bearers learn to swing their weapons without as much force as they would a regular blade, and it doesn't usually work. It usually fails. Mm -hmm. You're dead when it does. Better to focus your time practicing things that will actively help you. Kaladin nods. You're not going to push me on it? Zale says. Your argument is good, Kaladin says. Solid soldier's logic makes sense. Huh. Might just be hope for you after all, Zale says. Yeah. Now go get, now go get back to practicing. <laughs> and that's the end of that chapter. So we get the, the name Last Clap. Last clap was that maneuver that Dalinar did. The last clap. Oh my God. Yeah. And apparently a really hard maneuver to do. One that usually results in death. Yeah. Because they're more than likely the shard bearer is going to know, you know, to mm. swing harder, but they think that they don't have to swing as hard because it normally will just right. literally go through you. So it's like, go through it's you. nothing, right? Um, so yeah, it's, it's so cool. So what do you think about all this stuff at the end here with, uh, Sil and can I kill Amaram? Can I kill the Parshendi? Like, sh you know, um, like, what do you think about all this stuff? So, well, I mean, again, this is a very difficult thing to, um, to discuss because, um, it relies on an understanding of ethics, mm -hmm. morality, um, right and wrong. And of course there are. I guess, a multitude uh, of ways of looking at all those things, mm -hmm. defining the terms, being on the same page about everything. So I think I understand what Syl is saying. Like, ideally, you wouldn't kill. Right. And I believe that in ethics, like, right up until the moment someone uh, kills you or does something horrible, you don't really know if they're going to. Right. So if you preemptively strike... You don't really know what would have happened because you're the one doing the preemptive. Right. This gets back to our conversation about Yasna and Shalon in the alley right. in the first book. Right. 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 
So it, it's a really interesting thing about it, it's kind of like pre-crime in Minority Report. Right. That movie uh, and and you know book sort of deals with that very well. I think mm-hmm. it sort of illustrates if you have these precogs that know the crime is going to happen, mm-hmm. you, you you send a police force to arrest the people that are going to commit the crimes before they happen. Right. But until the moment it happens, you don't really know if they're going to do it. Right. Now, of course, one would say, well, if you've got a a sharp knife in your hand or a gun pointed at somebody and you're shouting threats and you're, you know, you're about to do Mm -hmm. it, it Mm -hmm. seems very logical that, okay. We know in that scenario, though, the the system was flawed, right? We know that the system was flawed in that scenario. But but still, I think your point still stands. Up until the moment well, you pull the trigger or stab, right? You, you, your your decision is teetering on the edge. You 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 don't know what you might decide, right? Right. So you, so then you're going to preemptively strike. You're going to call it defense, mm-hmm. and you're going to square the circle and say, "Well, it was my right to do it. Right. It was the honorable thing to do, the right thing to do, and it's, you know, I mean, as much as I." I don't understand people like the people that, that actually study this stuff, like ethics and stuff like that. Like I, it would be fascinating to, to talk and to dive into that a bit more and really understand it. I don't really know if I can understand it, mm-hmm. but there's something about it that's always troubled me with regards to be like taking the step of defense and then still calling yourself, I'm still honorable. I'm still good. Right. You know, like it's, you, you are still killing life. And again, and that's another thing, life. What does that mean? Does life have value? Right. Maybe for some cultures it does. Maybe for some cultures it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, like, should you protect every single life? Is everything a miracle? How far do you go? Animals, yeah, what's insects. The, to, what the, to what extent, you know, right? Right. So, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I think what Syl is saying is, uh, is, is good. I think Sill's main concern here is is Kaladin. It's not the people that he could kill, like right. Amaram or the Prashendi. Right. Yeah. It's Kaladin. She says, um, what does she say there? Because of what it does to you. Thinking about him changes right. twists you, you. Twists right. you. So she's more worried about what that killing does to him. Yep. She doesn't care about the killing or the person who's killed necessarily. Right. She's wor- more right. worried about him. And we've decided him, yeah. today, we have a new saying on this show, listen to your spren. Listen to your spren. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, uh, what's your highlight in this, uh, this amazing chapter? The highlight, oh geez, I don't know. It might be, um, you know what? I, I think it's going to have to be Shalon ignoring Adeline. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I really, really love that part. But I also loved some of the bromance stuff that was yeah, almost about to yeah. happen. Like so many dialogue parts. Yeah. Wait a minute. What am I talking to you about this for? Right. I mean, like, like all, all the intrigue with Moash is, is a great reveal yeah. and that's great. Uh, okay. I've got someone for you to talk to. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, plot thickens. Yeah. That's cool. But the interaction between, uh, the characters again, really, really funny. Wait, you wore his boots? What the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah. How come you don't want me to model for you? Like, you, like you don't want me to model? Like, you don't want... Yeah, like, I like how you said it was almost like, what do you mean, you hooked up with this guy? 
You know yeah. this guy? You, like, what? Like this the guy? Boots? Bridge what, boy? What boots. Yeah, I like that a lot. You, really you left. You left your boots with her. Like, like how did that on? happen? <laughs> um, Why are you taking off your boots for her? Yeah, what's happening there? <laughs> um. So yeah, that's probably my highlight. Yep, that's that's awesome. That's great. Um, yeah, my highlight is yours. also about ignoring, but I, it's nothing that's actually written in the text. And this is going to mm-hmm. be a little bit far stretched here, but I. Mm-hmm. I want to point out that in the interlude for Zale, Zale mentions that he sees Syl. And the entire yeah, chapter, yeah. Syl is there yep. on his shoulder when they're sparring. She's flying around yep. everywhere. And Zale does gi- gives no indication that he sees her. No indication. Yeah. Cal never says that Zale looks over at her or looks nope. in that direction. Not one right. time does Zale um, even... Notice, show any notice of her, which right. I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. I, I, it's not even in the text, but for me, it says a lot about Zale that he he notices, but he's not fucking giving it up. He's not even he's not he's it. not saying anything. Yeah, no. I think that's really fucking dope. What it what it says is that he's willing to hide things too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it really says, especially especially if he. If he knows Kaladin can see her and interact with well, her. Well, he's seeing her sit he on his would. shoulder and maybe even right. like, you know, interact right. with her. She's saying like, thank you by not pulling the sword right. and all that stuff. Right. So yeah. So um, if he knows all that, that means he's willing to hide. Yeah. So I, it, it does. It's, yeah. It's, it's really cool. I, I really love that. I think that's like kind of a, almost like a secret cool. highlight. Like you, you don't even really notice it until <laughs> you think about it. So it's really great. Um, yeah, also really cool. great is our info dump. However, well, we don't really have much to talk about. So today is going to be we a, covered a lot. Today is going to be a very special info dump where okay. we are going to take a look at the image that appears right after this chapter. Yeah. And we're going to talk about oh, it because man. it relates so to this good. chapter. It so does. We get some great art here of the swords. Um, first one being Firestorm, the blade of King Gavilar. Yeah. This thing looks to be about like maybe eight or nine inches wide. It's probably like fucking um, like, you know, like maybe, seven feet maybe tall. wider than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of the picture, the person in the shard blade, yeah, I mean, probably seven or eight feet tall, maybe that tall. Mm-hmm. Depends how, depends how big the armor makes the person inside. Yeah. Um, but certainly with these massive waves, uh, at the base of the sword in a, in a fiery sort of motif, yeah, we get some nice artwork of Sunraiser. It's got like a nice ring the, at the, uh, at the end. Oh, you're still talking about yeah, Firestorm? Yeah, the, Firestorm's yeah. got that nice ring there. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sunraiser is. The blade of King Elicar, and it's got a wicked pommel at the end too. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it looks really awesome. It's. It's serrated with these juts out on the side. It's really, and it's got all these glyphs or symbols mm-hmm. on the blade itself. Yeah. These are all. Yeah. And actually those are highlighted beside the figure. Yeah. These are all the same, like the ones that are the, on the blade are right there and a little bit bigger for us to see what they are, which, um, mm-hmm. but two of these were on, um, the two last card covers of our books. So remember I t- showed you the embossing that was on the hardcover versions of the books. Yeah. Yeah. Well, two, like That's the first right. book and the second book have two of these symbols and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten symbols. Ten symbols. Right. Ten yeah. orders, ten essences, ten, ten, sing- ten silver kingdoms. Um, so at the bottom of the page hmm. here, we have, um, this is Adeline facing off against 
um, Renarin, I believe. Yeah, I would say that's probably because Shalon is uh, is uh, uh, sketching the two of them practicing together, right? And yep. we know for sure that the one on the left, where you can see there's like crystals forming at the bottom of the blade, we know that's Adeline's blade. Uh, crystals forming at the bottom. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know for sure that's Adeline's blade because it's been described to us before. Right. But we, we I, I don't really remember the description of Renarin's blade, but I believe that this, uh, this is it here. And maybe right. I'm wrong. Uh, and if I am wrong, please uh, uh, reach out to us and let us know that we're wrong. I actually tried to look up this blade online to see if I could figure out whose right. blade this was, meaning who yeah, this yeah. Charbearer was. I'm pretty sure that... Um, that Renarin is using Arnev's sword, and it's supposed to be more slender than this. So I, I, I feel like I might be wrong that this hmm. is not Renarin, but um, yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe someone right. will have a better idea. But what a beautiful piece of art. I believe this is by Ben oh, McSweeney so again. Sketches are great. Yeah, yep. I think this is a Ben McSweeney one, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. It's so awesome. I love the uh, the skirt that the uh, the shard I know. plate has. I, it's gorgeous. It's I so know. nice. It. It's great. It looks really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and the poses that they're in too are just, are wonderful. Yeah, it's really cool. Two different styles, right? And uh, one, one with the sword up, one with the sword down. These are two different stances. One I think is probably mm-hmm. wind stance. The other one might be smoke stance or stone stance. Who knows? But yeah, really interesting. So yeah, that's the end of the, uh, the, the, so the next, info next dump. time we're going to cover, are we covering chapter 45? Yes. Again on its yeah. Own? So the, okay, let's talk about so that right now. The, uh, this episode, middle fest, um, the next episode and the one after that are all going to be one chapter oh. episodes. The reason being, um, it's really hard to split them up and have them go together. Um, and then th- th- this episode, middle fest and uh, uh, this, sorry, this chapter middle fest and the last one, one form of justice were supposed to go together. They were supposed to be coupled together and it would have been way too long of a pod. Um, we, we tend to ramble on, right. we tend to, t- to right. chat about little things <laughs> and, um, look, we're uh, almost at a, an we, hour and a we half. Do we do that? We don't do well, that. Well, we're almost at an hour and a half <laughs> runtime here and we only did one chapter. Yeah. So there's no way I want to right, put out a right. three and a half hour pod. I know that some people would be right. uh, salivating for it, but I'd really like to keep it under two hours as much as possible <laughs> so yeah so next episode is going to be chapter 45 middle fest mm-hmm. and um we are going to do it's a that, flashback so. i just i just read yeah, you just spoiled I just yourself read a little page. bit yeah i just spoiled myself a little bit it's a little flashback yeah that's cool so that's yeah another nice little flashback actually it's a big flashback this will be the biggest <laughs> chapter we've had so far with a oh. flashback because this is like i said this is a large chapter that we need to um right. we need to do by itself so it'll be really interesting to just solely talk mm-hmm. about shalon's past um, yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, we want to just say, uh, straight up, thank you very much for listening to everybody. Thank you to the Patreon team, uh, for supporting us. Um, if you yes, want, thank you guys. Thanks everyone. Yeah, if you want to be part of this Patreon team and be able to get some of these the juicy tiers that we have, um, and I don't mean the tiers that come out mm-hmm. of our eyes, but the tiers that are on P- Patreon that allow you to have discord link and early access bonus material, all kinds of goodies. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash heroes of, and, uh, sign up for the Patreon team. We would greatly appreciate it. And you know what? While you're at it, tell your friends to do it too. Just tell all your Stormlight f- uh, fans, uh, friends to, to come on and join the Patreon team. We'll have a, we'll have a good time together. Um, if you want to support the show indirectly, you can do so by uh, rating and reviewing whenever you can, or just telling people by word of mouth. Um, we, um, you know, we know that there are a lot of Stormlight ar- uh, archive fans out there, and we would really love to collect your earballs. We're like Shalon collecting mm-hmm. uh, images. We're just collecting earballs. Um, 
<laughs> if you want to reach out to us to tell us that we are awesome or to tell us that we are not awesome, which is, you know, probably more likely, um, you can do so at heroesofacathra <laughs> at gmail.com. You can reach out on Twitter at Heroes of One, or you can always reach us on uh, uh, Instagram at the Storm Pod. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We love you very much. Until next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Acathra.